Last week, I sat down with a team at the Weybridge Vandals ahead of the new season. After a year of uncertainty, the club is looking forward to an exciting period with the establishment of a girls' rugby team. I spoke to club president Kevin Keeney and one of the men behind the girls' team, Alec Forstetter. We discussed grassroots sports, the Olympics and their hopes for the girls' team ahead of the first summer camp on the 28th of August. Yeah, so Weybridge Vandals was formed in 1932. It's actually... Uh... The history of it, believe it or not, is we were we were formed from the London School of Economics, and uh, and and the players from there. So it's, we're actually coming up to our 90th anniversary season, um, and it's for all its history, it's played sort of male, predominantly male rugby, and then also cricket during the the summer months, and you know done done very well in the in 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 the area. Its its initial name was University Vandals. Rugby club, and we changed that to uh, Weybridge Vandals um, at the turn of the century, just to give ourselves more of a local identity. And obviously, the connection with the London School of Economics had long passed since then. So I think we we consider ourselves to be the Vandals family, and we've we've got Vandals all over the world in terms of players who played for us. And I can think in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, um, and I'll tell you about sort of the crowdfunding we did this year to get through lockdown in a minute. But we. Yeah, so we've been going that long. At the, for the last um, 12, 14 years, we've had a netball section as well. So we've, we've become more embracing of uh, female sports generally, and the netball section have really added something fantastic to the club. And then um, looking, I mean, Alec will sort of expand on this more. Uh, women's rugby is one of the fastest growing sports in the world. I think it is the fastest growing team sport in the world. And um, as president, I... I come down the club and walk around um, every Sunday morning. If you, and if you came down to our club on a Sunday morning, oh, you'd, you'd see over 300 kids. Uh, it's an incredible place and a thing to see, um, loving the sport and playing. And what's really noticeable is we have some really, really talented girls who play up to the age of 11. And I think Alec will back me up. Actually, some of the best players up until that age are actually girls. They're actually better than some of our boys. And then it gets to a cut-off point at 11 when we move into contact and the girls aren't allowed to play with boys. And all of a sudden, you know, where do these girls go? So Alec, myself and a number of other people in the club are really passionate about starting a, a, a ladies rugby team. Um, we've obviously also been through, you know, for every single amateur sports club. And that's what we are. You know, we, we're a cask sports club. Every penny that we raise as a, as a club goes back into the running of the club. We, we're, very unique in our location. We call us we're, we're the Island Club. We're set on Brownsea Island, so, so you know you, you've got you've got a, an amazing sorry Desborough Island. You've got an amazing sort of unique location there. Now we headed into lockdown, having had every single um, bit of finance that we would usually have. So through you know we'd run it, we'd run events every year that would bring in money for the club. Obviously got cancelled through lockdown. So what we decided to do last November was launch a crowdfunding appeal uh, for it. And, and we had just an absolutely incredible response. So we had over 300 vandals far and wide donate money back to their club. And I'm talking about guys in New Zealand and Australia and Canada, as well as our local vandals, which I think just goes to show how much the club means to a lot of people. And we raised over £90,000 through that, which meant that, as a club, we come through this horrible pandemic in a really sound financial situation, which a lot of clubs won't find themselves in. And it means that we can 
launch projects we've wanted to launch for some time, like Alex and Chris's initiative on the girls' rugby. We can do that from a position of strength and enthusiasm. And as I say, I think for some clubs, the um, pandemic and lockdown would have been devastating. I think for us, what it's been is a really unifying force because I think it's shown to everybody how much being a vandal means to them, how much the club means to them and how much potential this fantastic club has, has got. So, um, that's that's kind of why our, our vision as a club is to be recognised as, as the best run and friendliest uh, multi-sports club in Surrey. You know, and the friendliest aspect is really important to us. We're kind of known as the friendly club and we absolutely want to proactively promote the sports of rugby, cricket and netball to develop players of all ages to their full potential in a positive, friendly, inclusive and safe environment. That's our stated vision as a as a club. So very much the girls rugby and, and the work. I mean, Alex is a fantastic coach himself at his own. He's got a really thriving junior age group of, of, of boys. But I think we want to bring the same and give the same opportunity to to girls in the area to come and play, as I say, what's the fastest growing team sport in the world? Okay. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, Kev has pretty much covered everything. I think we recognised also, uh, Chris and myself, uh, having schools uh, recently, um, that there is a serious lack of sort of female participation in sport across the board, not just rugby. Uh, so we're sort of looking at the broader picture as well. And, and Kev has already said that, you know, we've got netball and cricket. So there's the possibility for two other sports there. Um, but I think at grassroots level is where, you know, we can really make a difference. And, and one of the main reasons we're trying to found uh, this girls section, uh, Chris and myself, is really to get the girls involved in sport, but also to... Um, take away the perception that rugby is, you know, a brutal big boy only sport. Um, but actually, the game has changed beyond all recognition. And certainly in the 21st and going into the 22nd centuries, where I think the game will be very, very unrecognisable. Uh, that would be the reasons. I think we, we, we want to see more, more girls in rugby boots. Um, it's a game that's very accessible. Uh, and Elmbridge and Weybridge really do area needs and there is a demand for it. Okay. I, th I think we're also fortunate in the fact that we've got yeah you know, we, we've got a real clear association in our junior section with Harlequins Rugby Club as, as our kind of like local professional club and, and Harlequins ladies are now the national champions as well so I think that there's definitely a it's some of these things are all about timing and we, we absolutely believe that now is the right time for us to you know, strike and actually really start and, and build the build the ladies and, and girls section. Okay, I mean, you, you obviously said there, Kev, that um, up until sort of the the um, the age of eleven, when when contact starts, um, girls girls um, are playing rugby as as often as as boys. But um, beyond that age, um, you don't really see many girls at school or or, or at other local clubs playing playing rugby. Um, I mean, what, what, why do you think that that is? Is it is it more of a societal thing that boys are pushed into rugby or football and girls are sort of pushed into maybe gymnastics and, and netball? Yeah, I, th I, th I, th I think it's, a, it's I think it's opportunity, and I think the 
I think the women the women's game has taken the time to establish itself. But I think it's because I think a the standard of women's rugby is when you actually watch a professional women's game or an international game is it's fantastic. It's a very, it's a very different game to men's rugby, but actually the skill level is incredibly high. So I think what's happening now is girls are getting more role models. But I, th- I think that's across sport generally. I think if you just look at the Olympics, you know, there was definitely as many female role models, great female models as there were male. And that certainly I'm, I turned 55 in a few weeks time. And that wasn't the case when I was growing up. And I, I've got three sisters and I've got a daughter. So I'm, I'm always very passionate about female sports. But I think it's about creating opportunities. And um, I've always been a believer in sort of cross sports. And I think a lot of our you know, we certainly don't say to our young boys, just play rugby. I think we encourage them to try all sports. We've got some fantastic, I know we've got some fantastic athletes in our uh, junior boys section. We've definitely got some who play football. We've definitely got some who like to play cricket. They they try different things. And for us, I think that just makes you a more rounded, you know, a more rounded sportsman. And, you know, I think it's the long, it's the, it's the long ball game. I think we, we're passionate about rugby and believe it's the greatest game in the world, but it's the, also the greatest game in the world, not just to play it, but also the values that it stands for. I think we we stand for, we, we genuinely care about our players. You know, we, we talk an awful lot in the club about well-being uh, of our players, and that's something Alex passionate, is passionate about as well. And, you know, what's really interesting when I come down and watch the way these guys coach on a Sunday without embarrassing Alex, he'll always bring his boys and girls together at the end of a session and they'll always talk through what they've learned they'll always do some recognition to make some of the kids feel really special and it's about them having fun and wanting to come back but also learn the values of you know in in rugby we do respect each other we do respect the referee you know it's nothing's more frowned on than you know not actually being able to behave you know you've got to learn how to lose you know it's a really important ethos of our sport that you can shake hands with the opposite the opponent you might knock hell out of each other for 60 70 minutes but you've got to be able to shake hands and look him in the eye and say well done well played you know we had you know if, if i took you to the club last weekend we had 300 people at the club watching the lions versus south africa game and probably you know at least 100 south africans there and it just created a great atmosphere but we're all shaking hands afterwards and saying well done to them that's and i think it's important i think rugby maybe teaches that more than most other sports it's not win at all costs for us i think winning is important but we also like the guys to learn how to lose and how to respect the opposition okay okay i mean you, you mentioned the olympics there and then the amount of inspirational women um and and what i mean one of the things that that stood out to me was was the the rugby sevens um i mean extremely entertaining sport um and it was it was great to see um that the women's um do do fairly well how, how important is it to for sort of young girls who, who might be interested in dabbling with rugby to, to see um, um, women playing playing rugby at the, at the Olympics and, and also, as you mentioned, with, with the Harlequins ladies doing so well. How, how important is that to get them interested and keep them interested in, in playing the sport? If, if I could answer this one, Kev, if you, if you, if, if you don't mind. Um, it, it's vital, uh, frankly. Uh, but if we go back to uh, being a part of a club and particularly, our, you know, Vandals, what you're introduced to is the atmosphere of rugby. And as Kev said, the discipline and the enjoyment and the fun factor. 
But uh, being part of a club and being part of a girls section, you get the opportunity to perhaps go to these games, you know, go to the grounds, uh, go and visit Quinns, watch the, the, the Quinns play. Uh, we we take often take our gangs uh, up to Twickenham uh, to experience the atmosphere, whether it's full or empty. There's a great museum there, which we take them to. Um, but when it comes to uh, the perception, uh, it's really important for not just girls, but for you know, rugby players, potential rugby players, to see other other players uh, taking part. Um, and I think there is a long way to go with female rugby, uh, but it's getting there. There's more television coverage. Uh, there's more access to grounds, the crowds. I mean, Quinns have had two record uh, attendance uh, recently, getting over 5,000 supporters in, into the stoop. Uh, to watch the girls, you know, play in the final of the uh, premiership, which they won, of course. But, you know, things are getting better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's imp- really imperative. But it goes right the way through in that when you're at school and you're at secondary school, um, you're taking PE. Often it's PE lessons are led by the the, the taste of the PE teacher. And unfortunately, that's often... Uh, football um you know, obviously we've got nothing against other sports but it would be great to see more you know development within secondary education towards uh, rugby and you know making the the perception that the sport actually is very accessible non-judgmental whatever shape whatever size whatever skill level you are you'll never be judged you know it's not an individual sport so if girls can see that I think at school, and not so much on the telly or, or watching professionals, but if they can see that at school, their peers and their, their friends playing rugby and not being judged for it, for a girl, that's a big thing. I think it's a, you know, it's quite it's quite judgmental on on, a, on the female. So I think that's the place to start at secondary yeah. schools. Yeah. I also, we, we tried last year, when, when we came out of uh, lockdown, I mean, we, we, we ran a big inter-club uh, touch rugby tournament. So not full contact, touch rugby, sort of seven, eight aside. We had over 140 people from across the club take part, and that included a number of our netball ladies also came and played. So it was very much mixed teams. We had one of the netball girls actually won player of the tournament because she was that good at the the, the, the touch rugby. That that in its own way has also led now to some of our senior players. And this is, this is our first team squad you know we've had two sessions so far this pre-season where the uh, front five forwards who are the biggest guys on the rugby field have been taken through a netball training session by the netball girls in terms of in, in trying to improve their mobility and trying to improve also their flexibility and stretching so this whole thing about using the sports that are around us as a crossover and I think that's also massive because it's also shown some quite young lads that they can learn something from other sports and from these girls have actually got some equal skills that they have. It just happens to be in a different sport. But they, it was funny when we did this kind of the sprint race at the end of the uh, session and the two girls led the way. So I think there's there's definitely a hard-earned found respect for for the different sports. And um, you know, one of the things Alec has done really well is is we've got you know our netball section whilst it's not women's rugby, those ladies are absolutely passionate about female sport and they're, they're putting their hand up to try and help Alec and Chris make sure we do recruit um, girls just to play sport generally. And, and it's just giving them another opportunity. So Alec's got the full endorsement of the netball section behind him as well, which is fantastic. 
Okay, okay. Um, I mean, well, one of the things that that um, was was quite talked about during the the rugby sevens at the, at the Olympics was was funding and 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 how important is is funding for women's sport for for a local club, especially in something like rugby, which um, while it might be growing, it's it's not as popular for for girls um, at the moment. I, I think a lot. It's sport across the board has had funding cuts over the last sort of you know two two to five years. But I mean the RFU aren't alone in this. Um, but any funding cut is bad for perception. Um, when in fact, if you think if it, if if we're being specific for rugby sevens, rugby sevens is a completely different beast. Um, you know, very fast paced. In fact, it's closer to women's rugby because there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, ball in hand, uh, running with the ball and scoring a lot of tries. Um, and, and players train specifically for that format. Um, and any form of funding cut gives that perception that it's almost like powers that we see it as a money, sa- money saving venture, when in fact, they should be investing further uh, to increase the perception that. You know, we go back to accessibility that actually, if you want to be a rugby player and you want to take it to professional level, you can actually earn a decent bob or two, um, you know, but you've got to be at a very high level. So, no, they, they, I don't think it will affect us on the pitch. Um, perception wise, perhaps maybe when a player is making the decision to come in and, and have a go, they might think, well, you know, if there's funding cuts, is there a future? You know, perhaps that where, where it might affect it. But. On the pitch, I don't think it's going to affect it at all. Um, it, it will certainly make us coaches more determined uh, to, to push on. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's had a, a slight detrimental effect, but not, not a huge not a huge amount, I don't think. I mean, from a point of view, mate, obviously, we, we're, like I said, we're, we're an amateur um, charity sports club where every penny raised, but we're also, we're, we're trying very, very hard to be accessible. So... You know, despite being in the Weybridge area, you know, we, we haven't increased our membership fees in over a decade. You know, we've we've kept our membership fees exactly where they are because we want we don't want to exclude. And, and you now I know between Alec and Chris, we're to try and get the, the girls um, section started. We're almost waiving membership fees you know, and keeping them as, as that, you know, much lower. It would be the lowest membership fee in the club because we want to build numbers. But at the same time, we then have to do a lot of fundraising in the background through the generosity of our members through working hard to get local sponsors of which we've now got over 30 local companies sponsor the vandals across the sports that we do and that's increasing all the time which obviously helps us then so that 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 the only place that goes is in equipment and kit and facilities for the the participations of the sports and in coaching you know we, we have we do have some professional coaches at the club, you know, trying to um, at, at the very top level of our um, senior. But though what we've done recently is also our head coach is also taking on a coach to coaches role with all of our junior coaches. So we continually improve the standard of coaching that all of our young um, players get. But that takes that does take funding and we have to keep trying to race raise that money somehow um, which again in the last 12 months we've done we've done very well on that but the other thing with female sports is you can imagine a club like the Vandals which was predominantly for the first 80 years of its life 
was a male-dominated sports club because of the sports we played. You know, when you get down to the nitty-gritty of things like changing room facilities, there's a cost there to making sure we provide decent changing room facilities for our girl and lady players that we're going to have to make as well. And we all find the money to do that, and we have done it. But that'll be an, that's an important hygiene factor. And I think one of the things that's really struck me that Alec and Chris have done really well in this process so far is they have reached out to things like our you know some of our younger netball players saying to them guys what you know what is it what else do we need to do here to attract you know young girls to play rugby you know what are the other hygiene factors that are important to girls and it's quite hard for Alex and Chris and people like me who are you know white guys of a certain age you know, hmm. and have got daughters but it is still you know, I think I think the right we're doing absolutely the right thing by actually also asking for support and not being arrogant enough to think we've got all the answers to actually go, okay, what else do we need to do here? And I'm, I've been really proud as president that the you know that one club aspect that the guys have managed to pull together to get this off the ground. Okay, okay, um, and once once the girls the girls and ladies teams um, are off the ground, what are your sort of hopes? Is it initially just to have as much participation as possible or, or are you looking to be quite quite competitive um uh, uh, early on on the pitch uh the yeah i mean first and foremost is getting the you know getting the boots on the pitch um and and getting numbers up but i think it's really important as well that our current players our members um we have to look there as well and we've got something like 40 i think it's 43 currently girls playing already in the club but at the much younger age groups, uh, sort of uh, micros, which is five years old, uh, right up to under 11s. And as Kev touched on earlier, you 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 have to stop playing rugby with boys uh, or separate the, the, the sexes at uh, junior level, which is under 12. Um, so what, what we're really looking to do is obviously have something in place for our current members to feed into. So we've got a, a nice base so we don't lose all those players so a lot of those players love vandals because again as kev said the inclusivity and you know non non-judgmental place we're all welcome so that's first and foremost we want to keep keep the players at vandals but also yeah i mean ideally we'd like to be the the go-to club for for girls rugby um over the next sort of five six years one would think that we'd have maybe two or three sections uh, not just under 12s and 13s, which they can play mixed, but it would be great if we could have uh, the next level up, which would be 14s and 15s, and then go into senior rugby, which is, again, mixed 16s to 18s. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's going to be a long journey, uh, but it's a journey that we won't give up on. Um, you know, it's it's certainly, there is a demand for it. And uh, as I said, we've, we've spoken to local community schools. We've got a nice school link going on, up school link. Uh, with Chris and I coaching in our own time, free time at local secondary and primary. And we're getting feedback from there. And we've already picked up, I think it's uh, eight girls at year six at the moment from one school. So there's definitely the demand. So it's just a matter of, of opening it up to the community and, and, and keeping in touch with people. Um, a win for all is getting girls involved in either either one of the three sports that we do. We don't have a rugby section, but three or four people play uh, girls play cricket or netball to win. You know it, they're getting involved. So okay, yeah. 
Um, and and if if some of our, our listeners um, and and parents want to want to get their daughters or or even sons involved in in the Weybridge Vandals, how how would they how would they do that? The first event. Well, we've actually been having summer camps uh, throughout the summer uh, for current members, but we did open it to the community. The big event is the 28th of August. Uh, and it's a simple matter of contacting myself or the club directly. But uh, can I give my email address out? Uh, yeah, yeah, perfect. please do. Yeah, so um, I'll be the main point of contact, uh, Alec, Alec Forrester. And it's Alec underscore Forrester at yahoo.co.uk. And on the 28th, it's 10 a.m. through to about 12.30. We've got uh, some Quinn's uh, Academy coaches coming down. We are currently in conversation uh, with Quinns to try and get a professional female player down. I mean, that would be lovely if it was one of our roses being the English, uh, the English girls. But we don't know yet. But that's pretty certain. Just turn up with a pair of trainers, some sports gear on, bottle of water and we'll play some rugby. Uh, so just contact me for full details. But literally just turn up on the 28th, uh, particularly year sevens and eights. Uh, but really, anything, any girls, friends, granddaughters, aunties, sisters, <laughs> I mean, just come down and, and have a go. There's no obligation to, to join the club or, or there's no pressure. Uh, so, yeah, Saturday the 28th, 10 a.m. to 12. Um, and then, and then, and in terms of the season starts fully for a Saturday, I think, doesn't it, on the 5th of... Uh, 5th of September, it, I think 5th of September is the first, that, that's the official season opening is the 5th of September, isn't it? So again, if you, you know, if if there's anyone out there, just literally come down on that day as well. You know, we, we, we'll have, you know, from uh, 18, 18 under on that Sunday morning, um, starting at 10 o'clock, Alec? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and we'll you know, come down and there'll be a team manager for each age group and, and coaches for each age group. So, just come along, make yourself known, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we, I say, we're a very welcoming, friendly club. And I think, and I think for parents as well, I think what, what I'd also observe, I think there's a huge, um, it's very noticeable that our parents don't just drop and go. Our parents tend to stay and support and are actively involved. But I think there's also a really lovely social aspect to that. And I, and I do, you know, do observe lots of very close relationships between parent groups you know and 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 they enjoy coming down on the sunday and having their nice coffee and and you know having having a we, we, we run a sort of barbecue hut with sort of bacon rolls etc that for anyone who wants it and i think it's a nice social occasion on a sunday where when alex and all the coaches are doing their hard their hard work i think it's nice for parents to be able to you know just watch with pride and and enjoy watching their kids having a fantastic time which is Certainly why, you know, why I enjoy coming down and seeing every Sunday when I walk around. That was Alec Forstetter and Kevin Keeney from the Weybridge Vandals. If you'd like to get involved with the girls team, go down to the Brown Acres ground at 10am on August 28th or get in touch with Alec Forstetter for more details. You can contact him on alec underscore forstetter at yahoo.co.uk. That's A-L-I-C-K underscore F-O-R-R-E-S-T-E-R at yahoo.co.uk.